What's good, everybody? Mercado. This is Kylie Fadams. This is the Spawn on Me podcast, the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the gaming industry. I am super excited to be rocking with you this week and every week. We had a fantastic show last week. If you missed it, you should go back and absolutely check it out. Go make sure you download that bad boy, share it across all your social media channels and to all the wonderful people that you have within your life, uh, within your cipher, cipher, cipher. That is the actual word cipher, not slicker. This is not an actual word, <laughs> but I'm super excited uh, to be rocking this week uh, because we have a fantastic guest. We have a lot of stuff to cover. Um, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, and some news of the week as well. So before we get into that, I want to bring on my man, my mellow, the smoothest kind of fellow, the captain, the people's champ. It is Cameron Hawkins from Dual Shockers. What the deal be, Cam? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? Yes, I figured out how to stream. I figured out how to <laughs> how to make things work. I had a whole bunch of technical difficulties this week. Um, so lots of things were all over the place. But I'm super excited to have you on the show this week. How are you doing? I know that the world is is turned on its ear, um, but I'm very excited to have you with us this week. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a, kind of a, you know, double-edged sword. Like, it sucks that, you know, we're supposed to stay in, indoors. Please stay indoors if you... You know, if you have no reason to go outside, stay indoors. Uh, but, you know, on the brighter end as well, it gives me more time to play games. It gives me more time to stream and do things that I normally don't have time to do because I'm always working. So it's, a, you know, there's uh, some negatives, you know, sort of pros on both ends of the spectrum. So it's like it's a good time. It's it's a double edged buster sword, as they would say. Exactly. Uh, in the world of Final Fantasy and beyond. Um so again, one of the coolest things that we get to do on the show is we get to share other people's thoughts and perspectives about the games that we're all playing and the games that we're all loving on. Um, one of the main reasons of having you on this week was because I know you're a huge Final Fantasy fan. I know you're a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. We have to figure out a way to, for me to actually figure out a way to play Kingdom Hearts at some point so I can yes. go through the process. Yes, we talked about that behind the scenes a little bit. We we're just, I was like, man, we should just find a way. And me and you just like, you're, you're, you're like, you know, you stream the games and I'm just commentating with you and just to see like how you, uh, how you feel about it. So yeah, I, I think it'd be really fun to do. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to, to make that actually happen in a real way because I'm actually more curious about that game than I have of Final Fantasy and the, and the lore and all the stuff kind of around it because it has all these IPs and all these other things in it, but we're not here for that this week. Um, so I'm actually curious about, you know, what is your history with Final Fantasy stuff? Like, what was, you know, what was the first game that you played? What was the first one that you actually tried? Um, go, in, go into a little bit of that for me. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the first Final Fantasy I played was seven, which uh, for a lot of people, there is kind of like that uh, mindset that like your first Final Fantasy is your favorite, like no matter no matter what. It's just like you just have that connection with that game compared to the others. You just be like, ah, it's like this is like this game was great, but it, but it wasn't it wasn't seven like, or, you know, for me in that sense. Um, so I started with seven. I've played eight. Um, I haven't played nine um i'm just gonna kind of go through the more popular ones because it really um you know there's 15 main entries if you don't count the sequels for some of them and i think that where really like the quality really rose um was with six that was the first major one where like people will like say like oh that's the greatest jrpg that's ever existed you know 
Um, so, but I started with seven and I played eight, 10, which is another really beloved uh, franchise uh, entry in the franchise, 13, which is divisive, but I really love it. And then 15. So um, those are the ones that I've played so far. I'm, I, I would like to play through all of them just to be able to say that I've played through all the mainline Final Fantasy games. Um, but that's my main history. Um, yeah, seven I, is like my favorite, I would say, but I really love 13. I know, I know some people really don't like it, uh, for, you know, relatively valid criticisms, I would say, but I really like, uh, 13 as well. 13 as well. So, so, um, I'm going to dig into a little bit of my background with Final Fantasy and, and all of it. So sure. And, and I, and I'm telling everybody right now. <laughs> Don't get mad at me when I spit what I spit on this show because it's it's a very twisted tale of Final Fantasy VII love or not love. So I remember I had a I had a friend of mine who I started gaming with, you know, like maybe fifteen years back at, or something like that. He was a huge Final Fantasy VII fan. He like knew all the characters, was like in love with all of them, did all that stuff. And I told him one day I was like, "Yo, I have not played Final Fantasy VII yet." And his eyeballs popped out of his head and was like, yo, what the hell's wrong with you, Ka? Yep. Like, how do you how do you not play Final Fantasy seven? Uh, it's like one of the greatest games of all time. And you're an idiot for not playing it. Right. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I know I'm, I'm working my way through it. I'm trying to figure out a time to be able to do it. Didn't really get to play. And, and mind you, this is already after the original had already come out. So which was what, 97 mm-hmm. or something like that? I think Zero came out. Was it, was that the year 97? I think so. Yeah. So like I hadn't had a chance to play it at all at that point. I played the Mm. version that came out on Vita when it first came out on Vita. Okay. And one of the hardest things for me was the battle system. And it wasn't even the kind of turn-based parts of the battle system. It was that literally anytime my character would walk in a direction, I would get into a fight random encounters the random encounters are absolutely mind-boggling to me that that was the thing that was in that game so mm-hmm. with that being the, the foundation it was it was a weird barrier for me to get into the game and i was like i just don't like the fact that i i'm in these worlds but i'm just like not able to do anything without getting into a fight um mm-hmm. so that was that was problematic that was troublesome for me and it was the thing that made me put the game down for many many years and not actually give it you know, a, a full playthrough. Fast forward to a week and a half ago. Um, <laughs> um, and I'd like given up on the game. I was like, this shit is terrible. I don't like this game is whack. Mm-hmm. And I go into Final Fantasy VII Remake and I'm not going to lie. They have done some fantastic, fantastic things with the way that they have retrofitted that game to be different in lots of different ways. Um, which I think is great in and of itself, right? Because it definitely just shows what you can do when you have a new game um, that you want to kind of bring into a, a, a new space. Um, but mm-hmm. it also uh, showcases that, you know, for me, my gameplay and my playthrough was basically coming to it as if I was a new game player to the whole thing, right? I'm basically mm-hmm. new to the whole experience at that point. Um, yeah. So I want to I want to leave that as the foundation for our conversation for now and then kind of just go into, you know, what were your thoughts about the the, the remake and, and how did you kind of feel like you came away from it uh, after you finished it? 
Yeah, so uh, I loved every second of this game. Uh, it, at this point now, it is my game of the generation. It is wow. everything... It is the, everything that I wanted it to be. It deliver it over delivers like which I can't even like fathom a year ago saying that like you know I'd be worried like oh I I was worried that it it might deliver you know but it's not even just that it delivered it over delivered it did everything that I wanted that game to be like when I played it last year at E3 I was just like this this game's gonna be phenomenal like this game's gonna be everything I want it to be. And I, and like ever since I beat it on Sunday, like I sat down Thursday night, right when it unlocked for players to play. And I played it nonstop until Sunday night when I beat it. it took me like just under 36 hours to beat it. Um, and that's with like doing all the side quests and everything too. Mm-hmm. And man, I still can't stop thinking about it. I, I really just want to go back and start it over again on hard and go through the game on hard mode and it's 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 great um i think it's a 10 out of 10 game i think it's phenomenal so uh um a quick thing about kind of playing it on whatever um difficulty level that they had right so me as a new player um Mm -hmm. i started it on classic right oh i played through it on classic um they don't really tell you a lot about the differences between the versions like Hard mode sounds like it's hard mode and things are, you know, fights are more difficult. But was mm-hmm. there like, what's the difference between classic and like normal? What's the actual differences between those two? So classic is basically um, auto mode, if that makes sense. Like you don't have to really worry about your uh, movement as much. Um, and you don't really have to worry about um, you basically just more focus on the commands menu. Okay. And dealing with the abilities and spells and all that jazz instead of having to worry about everything at once. It, it's kind of like meant for those uh, hardcore Final Fantasy fans that were that were like mad that that the combat wasn't going to be turn based like the original. This oh. was like this was supposed to be like the version for them to be like, OK, well, this is the best we could do with what the type of gameplay we are doing for this game. So here you go. The, um, the only thing that kind of sucks, at least for me, because mm-hmm. I definitely want to play it through classic mode at one point, just to kind of see the differences um, in action is that classic mode is defaulted to easy mode of the normal way to play. The, the, you know, so like I can't play classic mode on normal m- mode or hard mode you know, in that sense, um, because that's just not how they built it. Maybe in the future, they'll release a patch where they'll add it. So you can choose which difficulty you want classic mode to be. Um, but as of right now, that's what that is set to. So, um, so technically you played it on easy mode when you played it, but you were playing through it, you know, in a different way of gameplay. Okay. Um, That explains a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And then with hard mode, Hard mode is like, it's going to be hard Like uh, when I play through it because you don't get to use items, period. Oh, wow. You don't get to use items and you can only restore MP by sleeping in a, like in your bed or, huh. uh, go, or staying at an inn or like, you know, you can't, it's not the benches don't give you MP. Oh, it gives really? You HP, but it doesn't give you MP. Yeah. So you have to be huh. a lot more strategic with when you actually want to use spells. 
Hmm. So okay. yeah, it definitely adds a whole nother layer to the game mm-hmm. and to really show how in depth the gameplay is, um, the combat system, because I, when I play on hard, I want to, I want to stream my playthrough, um, just because I, you know, I did the first run by myself cause I wanted to get through the game as soon as possible and like, just play it to myself and just, you know, absorb everything, uh, by myself. But originally I was just like, do I want to play on like, it is as a, uh, like as a new game plus type thing where it's my normal save, go back through chapter selection, which they allow you to do once you beat the game and then choose the difficulty for hard and start from the beginning with all of my equipment. Or did I want to start fresh? Like, you know, just bust your sword and going through the game, unlocking everything on hard mode. But once I found out that it was like no items and you can't restore MP with benches, I definitely am going to go through it like a new game plus style first to try and get a better sense of the combat and how difficult the game is so (laughs) that you know, when I start fresh, I'll be much more prepared for what I'm supposed to do. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the differences when it comes to the, to the difficulties. So, okay. So that, that's, that helps me a lot because I was really worried because I was like, this game is so easy. This thing is like not hard at all. Like I'm not dying. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not Mm -hmm. dying. I don't feel like I'm in like the, I don't even feel like I'm going to even be close to dying in, in any of this stuff. And it felt like, what is the big deal with the combat? It was, it was, I'll say of the things that I, that I really liked about the changes were, I love the combat. The combat is cool. Like, mm-hmm. I like the fact that you have that synergy where you are just like, all right, I'm going to go in, hit my limit break with, with cloud. And while he's actually continuing to do the move, swap to another character and do more damage to the to another, to that same enemy. Like, yeah. I love that that like just like continuous like movement that that inertia that you have when you're kind of like Mm -hmm. doing a thing um was real dope i like that a lot um is there a thing that you kind of uh in terms of the combat uh because i guess we'll maybe try to break it down by by pieces right so Mm -hmm. in, in terms of the combat was there anything that as a as a player of the original that felt like they nailed the thing or did it feel like it was um, this kind of layer, this veneer that was over, you know, what you already knew and kind of liked? Did you feel like this was a good addition to the series or did you feel like it was something that as a hardcore fan that, you know, you were like, oh, I don't know why they did this thing. Where'd you kind of land when it came to that? I think it has the best combat system of any Final Fantasy that I've played. Huh. And the reason why I think that is because I think up to before before the seven remake i think the best combat system was in 13 Mm. uh, because 13 introduced a lot of cool things and a lot of the team who made 13 made this and it definitely shows in both in both like just presentation and the the uh gameplay itself because like you know like the atb bars that you get to use your abilities that was introduced in 13. okay that, that, the ATB gauge, uh, like they they use it differently in seven, but it was introduced in thirteen, and and, uh, and the and then like the shortcuts, um, 
you know, where you can, in in your battle settings, you can choose like, oh, holding down L1 and then pressing this button will automatically do this ability or this spell. That's um, from Kingdom Hearts. That's something that, oh. that Kingdom Hearts does. Okay. And the director of Final Fantasy VII Remake is the director of the Kingdom Hearts series. Gotcha. So um, it's a mixture of the two. And it's um, really well implemented together. As um, And... I've also like heard because I, I haven't played Final Fantasy twelve. I heard that there's like very light things that um were implemented in seven remake from twelve's combat, um, okay. but I can't really attest to that. I've just that's just what I've heard, um, you know, under the grapevine. So uh, it's it's really just it just complements the best of like a bunch of Square Enix's games. So there's really just like nothing that I can complain about if i'm being completely honest um i think if when it comes to like combat itself i don't yeah i don't really have any complaints um i kind of wish i kind of wish there was more diversity in the abilities i guess Mm. like i don't know i just i just feel like that i would see myself using the same abilities because these were obviously like the the most proficient things to use and that's kind of like something for all jrpgs you know what i mean like there'll always be like those certain things for each character where it's just like up time to use this obviously um and using anything else is a mistake basically so but again uh, i that's something that's in all jrpgs and i think that that is less of a issue in this game compared uh compared because you know each ability has its certain role like oh this one will make it so that the enemy's more likely to get pressured like this. Oh yeah. Like the stagger gauge. So the stagger gauge was also introduced in 13. Oh, okay. so, so yeah. So they brought it back in uh seven remake. And so like, it's like, Oh, but they added this new pressured abil- uh, mechanic where it just makes their stagger bar easier to fill up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while in 13, it was more like, Oh, if you hit them with their weakness, then they'll, their stagger gauge will come up more. And that's still the case, but they've added a new layer where it's just like, oh, if you like scan them and it says like, oh, they're more likely to become pressured if you do this. Mm-hmm. Or if, 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 they, if they do this, once they're done with this move, oh, they're going to be more pressured or um, they're going to go into that mode. Mm-hmm. But then there's also abilities that make it more likely that they will become pressured too so there's just so many nuances and layers that they add into this combat system especially if you you know outside of classic mode i'm assuming like it's it just so much more apparent and i think with hard mode when uh with there being no items and you have to rely more you have to rely on that uh those abilities and spells it's just way more apparent got it got it got it yeah i think it's um uh, we may we oh you know what actually someone in the chat uh, Lev said uh, they're not getting to spoilers actually we may so let me let me just preface that now if you have not played Final Fantasy 7 remake if you've not played Final Fantasy 7 you may want to dip out on this episode because we're definitely going to probably be talking about all the things that that are going to be happening in that game because we finished it so um just just yeah now, we'll try not go ahead go ahead Cam. We'll try not get like explicit as to, hey, this happens, so this is going to be a thing. But we will probably, you know, it'll be very mild. Like there will be things that you might not want to know unless you beat in the game yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. Because the weird thing is, like, the stuff that I want to dig into, there are some specifics that that, that definitely happened that I do want to talk about because it, it did affect my gameplay and, and, and did affect the way I came away from the game. So I will I will blanket statement say, if you do not want to hear any spoilers about any Final Fantasy VII stuff, because it, it'll probably come from me, uh, you may want to dip out on at least this part of the episode and then wait until yeah. later on when we're going to be talking about some of the news. But and I'm sure I'm sure we're going to discuss the ending without uh, like I don't I don't need to go in depth to really explain like the significance of the ending. But yeah, I think we're, we're both going to the ending is is like the most hot topic that's been being discussed around the Internet right now. Um, so. And we'll, and we'll do yeah, a, we'll do a spoiler we'll do a spoiler tag right before we mm-hmm. if we do delve into that we'll talk we'll spoiler it right before we'll, we'll we'll say we're not you know dip out if you need to to not hear that part yeah right now we're just talking about the combat yep. that's that's something that's nothing spoil story spoilers yeah so. t- totally 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 I want to dig into the uh, the visuals because I think one of the <sighs> huge one of the biggest parts of Final Fantasy VII remake has been this just reimagining and repurposing of what you know everything that we saw in midgar and everything we saw within the world of final fantasy 7 um you know the the big the big thing back in the day was that you had all these pre-rendered backgrounds that were you know were, were really interesting to look at because you had these very small sprites kind of moving within this this uh this static background that was really beautifully rendered now you have this unreal engine for masterpiece of gorgeousness that you see um within the game and I, and I think that when I had an expectation for what they were going to wind up doing I didn't know if I was actually really ready for how good this thing was going to wind up looking um I was totally just like blown away by how beautiful the game was what, what were your thoughts about you know just how how everything kind of came together on the visual side of things came it's just so good. <laughs> it's it's absurd how great that game looks. And I will say, I will admit that um, I still think this game is a 10 out of 10, but obviously it's not a perfect game. And I think that the m- main thing that uh, was noticeable for me was the rendering. Like this game is pushing the PS4 Pro, like the PS4, like I, I played this on a Pro, like even the PS4 Pro, it was pushing it to its limits. Yeah. Like absolute, when it comes to the visual aspects. And it's one of those things where that, yeah, they rendered in at times, but they were in locations or buildings that didn't really matter or really affect the environment where I was just like, ooh, that does not look good. Right, um, right, right. So it, I think that Square Enix took the time to prioritize like what was most important visually, which, you know, the character models, and then kind of just going down the chain until they got to like, you know, oh, this door looks, you know, kind of tacky, but, you know, at two seconds later, it'll it'll render in properly. So it's one of those things like they had to make sacrifices because, again, they were pushing the platform to the limit, the hardware, and they needed to 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 do like the character models that they had in that game which were absurd like you know absolutely stunning they couldn't have done that without making those sacrifices so it's one of those things like it does that you know let them off no but i don't think it's 
a big of a criticism that it's like, oh, this isn't a 10 out of 10 game, in my opinion. Because I remember, um, I'm not going to say. I can see a spoiler run across their forehead. But the moment, like, you know, on the halfway point after that major event happens, I spent like a good two to three minutes just looking, just looking at what happened and the environments and everything like that because of because it's, it's just like midgar they just made midgar look like such a big world okay and even though it's you know even though like this was this remake we didn't get to see everything that midgar have to had to offer you know uh they didn't show we we got that small section where we got to go to the upper plate in like chapter four i think okay i think yeah it was chapter four um and but that was basically it the rest of the game were basically in the slums which isn't spoilers because this is a remake <laughs> uh you know outside of shinra hq and um chapter four which is new stuff um which i'm not going to go into details on um we didn't you didn't get to go to the upper plate and see that type of stuff okay so it was really cool like seeing that and then once that major event happens um and just things totally shift tonally just like seeing the outcome and seeing um, how just like, I mean, it's really hard. To- I I, th- I think you, cause, cause my thing is like, I'm not even following. Cause I'm like, what part, like which one? Um, okay. I, I, okay. I, gonna, well, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go into spoilers. Spoiler this is something tag. that was in the original. If you haven't played Final Fantasy seven, drop out or mute. Yeah. You have, for, you have, a, uh, you have two, you have a minute um, and a half to, to dip out. Yeah, sure uh so when the plate falls right and you know this on the sector seven slums and then after everything happened and i just look up and there's just like this empty space that's just gone i was just like wow like that looks incredible like just the way that they made that look from afar and then like later in the game when you're going up to uh shinra hq mm-hmm. and you know barrett says never forget this site and you look and there's just it's just right complete destruction right i was just like wow just wow you know the environments were just so gorgeous and so well done i was just really blown away by just just by the the visuals how impactful they made those moments become yeah I, so well, we didn't really because we didn't really get to see that in the original you know it was oh, just okay that wasn't the thing yeah, that was the in the bell. original okay yeah okay so yeah oh the plate bell okay you okay know? that makes sense because i was um and i and i guess this leads into um kind of one of the major things that i was thinking about when i got a chance to play this was you know, everyone has been very, very attached to these characters for decades now. You know what I mean? Like people have been mm-hmm. really attached to the ideas around Cloud, really, really um, attached to Tifa and everybody who's in that crew. And it was interesting because when I came away from it, I was, you know, 
I was, I was digging through my brain a lot to be like, you know, what are the things that, that I, that I came away from this as a new player feeling good about bad about, you know, kind of iffy about, and for all the time that I was playing the game, except for like the maybe last two chapters or so. And I will preface this by saying I was high as hell when I was playing the last two chapters, <laughs> um, which which infinitely changed my enjoyment of the game on a whole. <laughs> Actually, I'm not even going oh, front. Man, I couldn't imagine playing the final chapter. I'm not that, going front. I'm not going front. High. Let me let me stop beating around the bush. I don't like the characters in Final Fantasy VII. I don't think I didn't really? think, I didn't think any of them were redeemable. Like I didn't like them. I didn't find them interesting. I thought I thought they were fairly boring. After I got high, they were much better. <laughs> they, they were infinitely better when I was high, though. Um, like, and, and, to, and to the point of me saying, and this is not me trying to be a hater, but it's one of those things where it, I, 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 finished, I, I finished the game, put my controller down, and I said to myself, this feels, this feels like the perfect you had to have been there in the moment when it happened to game. Like, 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 it feels like for me, the things that I was hoping were going to be the things that were going to attach me to and give me an understanding of why every, why these characters were so beloved. I just didn't, those things never came through to me. And it it was a part where I was like, cloud is a dick through 90% of the show, 90% of the the, the game. He has these kind of super stereotypical women kind of chasing after him while also being a part of his crew. You know what I mean? Like Tifa and Tifa and cloud have this relationship that they, 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 they touch upon throughout the game in these flashback segments and these flashback sequences. And they dig through some of that stuff and they kind of talk about the like kind of cat and mousey stuff that they do between each other. And it's not really like everybody's kind of flirting with each other, but they're not flirting. And then it's like, Tifa's trying to give him that. Tifa's trying to give him the butt, and she and he's like, "Nah, I don't not take because I'm a soldier, and I'm not gonna take. I'm not going. I'm not gonna smash." It's like all this weird sexual tension that's in this game. That just because Cloud can't use his fucking words because he's such a dude ass dude, it like made me so mad throughout half of the game. I see you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead, go ahead, Cam. It's not even that. It's like if you knew, like if you knew like Cloud's full backstory. Okay. If you knew uh you know what tifa does later in the game okay if you knew like what barrett's backstory like more to his backstory okay you would love these you would love these characters really um i think so well here's here's the thing go ahead a lot of people don't like cloud a lot of people in jet like cloud is one of my favorite video game characters and i think the thing about this, like the original game has so many layers to it like a lot of it's just about like you know uh environmental messaging which still to this like even with this remake i'm like man a lot of this is still hitting home we haven't done shit you know what i mean um and so like with barrett it's just like you know like he's doing things like yeah he knows that he's doing things that might cause an effect on people but he's doing it for the betterment of the planet he's doing it for the betterment of marlene um you know he doesn't like you know he might like he thinks he's right but he also knows 
that what he's doing is bringing a negative effect on people and he, and he knows the potential consequences of his actions like it's not that he's just like no fuck you i'm just gonna like but it's interesting that you say that though is because i felt like i felt like those things came to fruition of course of course all characters have their arc right and 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 within this game the arc for most of the characters they do kind of get to that point but it's Mm -hmm. way after they've already after they've already like literally hurt other people right well that's jrpgs but that's 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 bugged out though but because here's my here's my here's my thing about that because that's because that's because that's the point of like jrpg storytelling is like like not particularly that they do bad things and then like you find out like the why they do what they do but like you know if you found out a person's backstory in the very beginning well then their character is going to be really boring for the rest of the game you know when a game's like 40 plus hours kind kind of and and this is where this is where i'll push back against that that notion a little bit is because and and i think this is one of the major like pull away things that i had and this is a problem i have with storytelling across most mediums right is if you're going to have me spend a lot of time with a character or a bunch of characters you know i don't need to know all the little itty bitty gritty details about those things but you do have to give me enough meat on the bone for me to actually care and i think like the thing that was rough for me was you have these eco-terrorists who are together they've got their ragtag bunch they don't really explain why they've gotten together and they haven't really explained. And I'm talking about just in the game itself. Like there's lore and there's all the stuff that happens outside of the game. It's like, mm. it's like the, the, the beef that people had with destiny and they had the grimoire cards, right? They were like, sure. bad storytelling happens. If you don't tell a story within the game, you make people go to other stuff to go find that stuff. Um, sure. The, the eco-terrorism part, which was the main thrust of what they're doing throughout the whole game never mm-hmm. really gets explained in a real way not really besides we have this idea that this one corporation is going to do bad things which they don't find out about until halfway into the game i was like well, that's, what well that's no they just they're destroying the mako rate they destroyed the mako reactors because or like you know the first one and they went for the fifth one and all that stuff because the mako energy like is sucking up the life stream of the planet Sure. It's basically like, you know, like fossil fuels, like, you, you, I guess, like that's a good comparison, uh, you know, semi good comparison yeah. that, um, you know, that's why they were stopping Shinra. But then like they find out later on that there's a lot more to it, that they're trying to abandon Midgar, eventually create Neo Midgar in the promised land and all that stuff. And they're like, OK, so now they really need to be stopped. You know, yeah. that that's kind of something you know to also keep in mind but like i i somewhat get what you're saying and this it is something that like for new players it is going to you know kind of be left disappointed in a sense because again like um there's a lot more to barrett's story than that you don't know about yet and Mm. um you know tifa tifa like there is some backstory like i think a decent amount of her backstory was already brought up in remake, but it's more about what she does, like what she does in the now later on in the game. Sure. And, and cloud is like, 
there's so much that you don't know about cloud yet. See, like, but that sucks, um, though. You're supposed to do that does, in the it game. Does suck. It, does suck. it does suck. But it's one of those things like with this game, it, like in this property, it's just so beloved that one, this wouldn't, this game wouldn't have worked if they did like Midgar the first eight hours again and then like the rest, you know, and open it up for like another 50 hours after that. Like yeah. it, it just wouldn't have worked now so they have to expand on those things and you know based off like how the ending is like uh you know little you know mild spoilers here like things might be different this time around like we don't like it's some it's kind of open for both old and new players so Mm. but i think that you know cloud's backstory is definitely like all the good shit like all the stuff that makes cloud cloud definitely uh was present um teased tease wise in this game so mm-hmm. we can expect that you can expect that moving forward and i think the reason why a lot of people don't like cloud is um and the reason why i like cloud is because his entire character is based off of like abuse and manipulation mm-hmm. and that's kind of another layer of what the overall game is like this entire party just like in, in the original just got manipulated throughout everything that you were doing and you didn't really know like for like the first like two-thirds of the game and you didn't know it you know what i mean huh. and it kind of and it kind of happens in this one too like which wasn't a thing in the original where um uh this isn't this isn't something where like coming from a big final fantasy 7 fan if i heard this now not playing the game i would not be upset about knowing it so sure take that for what you but when the first Mako reactor blew up and it blew up way bigger than expected. And Jesse's like, it shouldn't have been like that. Like I, you know, I know what I was doing. And then, you know, she's like, I fucked up. Like, and she had, she got manipulated by Shinra completely indirectly, not knowing that that was the case. Cause Shinra was just like, all right, let's just make a big scene of this, you know? So she gets manipulated in that sense. And then like, and it's just like, it's an ongoing theme throughout the entire game like uh you know sephiroth and cloud like he's it's just complete manipulation cycle you know psychological manipulation and that's why i think i find cloud to be such a interesting character um yeah so i don't know it's like one of those things like (sighs) i get what you're saying i get what you're saying and i think a part of it is just because i'm familiar with these characters and their backstories Mm -hmm. uh and i think that once things move on and you see like the big backstory behind Barrett and you know more about why and who cloud really is and things like that, it will make you be like, wow, like I'm glad that I waited for this. Cause I, cause, cause again, I feel that if it was introduced any earlier, mm-hmm. it would have really, the rest of the game be like okay well what am i doing now like what's the what's the point it's kind of like you know it's kind of like a a D game like you don't want to tell your entire party your backstory you know right when you start joining them because then like what do your care what do, yeah, what do you have the other players what do you have to look forward to yeah um it's so hard it's, it's, it, it is hard and it's just one of those things like i think that once you and it's cool because then you get to theorize on things too you know um because i definitely kind of made that tease like especially with cloud like what what's up with cloud like what is this 
place that's on fire like you know who is sephiroth really like but it's weird but that's the part that like i don't know like those things threw me so far off and it wasn't because i was like that's the point I, i mean i didn't have an expectation going in to be like well i had an expectation that they were going to be awesome because the internet said that they're awesome right and they said that they're awesome mm-hmm. for a very long time but i kept i kept digging back into the idea and maybe this is just a me this is a, definitely a me thing with um the layers of suspension of disbelief that you have to have to like a story sometimes when you're just like okay i am okay with these gaps being here and i'm okay with this you know, not telling of all the pieces thing. And I have a, I particularly myself have a, have an issue with that. Cause I just feel like it, um, mm-hmm. I, it, it feels like sometimes like a kid getting pat on the head, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't need to know that yet. Cause the good stuff mm-hmm. is coming. Um, and it was weird. Cause I was like, I told a friend of mine when we were playing, when I was like playing through it and I was like sending a text, I was like, yo, this shit is whack. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I feel like it's overrated. And he was like, why? He was like, if you can't tell me the main thrust of why your team is doing what you're doing, you built this super team with all these cool people and all these characters in it, and you built this whole thing up. And the thing that I'm supposed to rally around is your cry that you want to be a protector of the, of, of the planet while you also kill people <laughs> or, you know, you kind of like, you've also like helped the process of people. One, lose their jobs two get killed three, you know, yeah, they didn't, yeah, they didn't kill I, you, anyone outside of Shinra. I don't. I mean, what, you, outside of like the like soldiers, like but the explosion the, didn't kill anybody. With the Mako reactors, like no one's there. Like there's, you know, like no one was there during the time, or at least no one, no one, as far as I know, no one was there. And I'm not going to assume that people were there unless it's told to me. I I, can, I came I came away from the 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 plate. Excuse me, the plate drop. Knowing that, yeah, Shinra was the, 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 the kind of Shinra doing what they did from a nefarious position. They knew that they were going to do something and that plate falling that they then blamed yeah. on Avalanche. Avalanche, yeah. They was, was, di- was dirty, was a dirty move, but it was also because of Avalanche doing what they did in the first place, but blo- trying to blow up the, rea- the reactor to a certain extent, they- right? I mean that's true, but again, like there, those explosion, like those explosives were only supposed to basically like stop the reactors from working, not to the degree that it ended up being because Shinra decided let's make a show of this and make it much bigger than it actually should have been. Did, so was that because in, of in the size of the explosion? If that makes sense, did they change the bomb though, or did they? Ju- they didn't so, change the bomb. So- so it shows in a scene like in the first one they have like uh they're like they're like uh centuries or something mm-hmm. like blow up the reactor and then the in the fifth uh the when they did the second reactor sector five they did something similar yes so they basically like blew up their own equipment to make a bigger explosion at the same time of the bomb exploding to make it seem that you know that it was avalanche trying to hurt people and things like that. Interest. I, okay. I do. Okay. I do. And that was the scene. Yeah. There was, okay. There was a scene with the president and them in the room talking yeah, the about that. Thing. Was just like, yeah, let's move forward with this plan and hmm. all that jazz. Interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe that turns a little bit of it. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I like, 
I assume that you're like at some points, hopefully, hopefully soon, you'll play through the game on like normal mode so you can try out the combat, you yeah. know, and, and things like that. And maybe like after a conversation, you can like look at things in a, in a different light. And, sure. You know, um, I'm open but, to it more than I ever was before. I'll say that for sure. Like, okay. I remember I used to be a straight up just like hater. And the reason I even shout out to Square Enix for providing the code, by the way, I have to say that out loud. Add, um, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I even reached out to them to get a code for the game was because I've always felt like I was um, kind of talking shit about a game that I didn't really cha- get a chance to fully play. Right. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be that person. I see too many people like that on the internet where they have a whole bunch of opinions about a thing and have no actual facts to back it up or didn't even play the thing. Um, yeah. So I, I feel better that I was actually able to experience what the story had to to showcase and to share. It's just that I, I just left it with just like, there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't enough stuff there for me to be like, ooh, I come away from this like really liking Barrett. Or, ooh, I really came away from this really liking Aerith. Like, mm-hmm. the characters just felt so milquetoast to me that I was just like, eh, Barrett is better than he was before because he's less stereotypically bad than he was in the first game. But it makes me, it makes, it makes me want to, it makes me wish that all the lines that were in the original game were redone by the VO artists that we have now. Because I feel oh. like bef- the fact that, <laughs> The fact that I came away from it being like, oh, okay, well, based th- this version of Barrett is less racist than the previous yeah. one made me feel a little bit better, but I still didn't come away from it like being like, yo, Barrett was dope because they've kind of made him also the the like mascot of the team to a certain extent. He was the, like, I'm real angry now, and now I'm not angry. Now I'm thoughtful. Now I'm not angry no more. Let me sing the song to, to let you know that you beat the battle. I'm not angry anymore. So let me do this, this or that. I mean, like, you know, he's has, he has a militaristic like background, you know, he's kind of like, he leads a squad of, of avalanche and, you know, but then when he's with his daughter, he's, he's like, you know, he's tender and he's kind and, yeah. you know, he just wants the best for, for her and, you know, things like, like there's like, like there, they don't talk about it in this one, but in the original, like when, Tifa, I think Tifa's like trying to pay Cloud for his job on the first reactor, you know. Right. Barrett's just like, but that money was from Arlene's school. Like, you know, like he like that's what he cares about. Like he just has those priorities. Mm. And, you know, um, and you know, when you're dealing with someone with like like Cloud, especially in the beginning of the game, like, can you really blame him? <laughs> you know, I mean so Yeah. It, it's just you know, it's just like he's he's militaristic and like you know he is he's radical to a, an extent. You know, um, he's willing to do these like bomb places. <laughs> uh, so they're terrorists, damn it! Yeah, exactly. They're terrorists. They're literally um, terrorists. But, We're rooting for the terrorists here. Yeah, but then like you know, it's just it's <laughs> it's hard to defend terrorists. But know? that's what I'm, but that's the thing, though, right? And it was funny because I was like, I'm kind of on team Shinra. I was like, Shinra was doing fine until these ragtag bunch of people just came over and started to fuck with things. She just left people yeah. alone. But yeah, but when you like learn that they have control of everything, like literally a company, like when you meet the ma- like uh, uh, when you meet the mayor, you know, and it's just like, yeah, yeah this company controls everything. Sure. Like, yeah, I'm the mayor, but my office is in like a basement. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, you know. It's, it's just a monopoly. It's a monopoly that has control of everything. It's it's like, what if Amazon ruled everything? 
I mean, you know, that type of. Yeah. And you I, know mean, what I mean, yeah. And I get it like that, that to me, that, that analog makes sense to me. Right. It's like, you know, evil yeah. corporation, evil corporation is the rallying cry for lots of people right now. And, and I get it. Right. It makes, it makes total sense, but it's one of those things of just like, you got to give me a reason for me to hate you first. And it, 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 it just felt like the way that the, the story kind of like ran with it. I didn't, I never yeah. felt like the justification for what the actions were from avalanche until the middle or, you know, latter parts of the game really, f- really uh, fulfilled the the, 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 the mission that they were on. So it was like that part, that part was always a little bit off for me, but it, but it, but it did lend me to kind of rethink, um, you know, the way that those characters kind of interacted with each other in lots of ways. Again, the, you know, cloud being this kind of stoic and then starting to drop some of the, the layers of, of that hardness from himself, you know, was interesting, but it was also, it was interesting, but it was also just like, I know what you're going to say next kind of stuff. It was like, if you pay me, I'm a soldier. If you pay me, I'm a soldier. I was like, Oh, I need you to be, I need you to be better than what they're giving me right now. And go ahead. I, I kind of liked like how for a while it you know he was just willing to do whatever like without a price but then like there was like that last bit where oh when he was asking like you're gonna help clean up when all this is over and he's just like for a price yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because he because he just stopped doing he stopped talking about that for a while but then he brought it up again and he's just like oh nope same old cloud for a little bit you know for but um there yeah there is a reason and a legitimate reason why he's like he's he is the way he is mm-hmm. and if depending on how they go things moving forward it's gonna it might be a minute until yeah until you uh fully flesh that find out. out the truth that's why that is i'm okay um, but, with that yeah but like once it once it comes i think i personally think it's a very satisfactory answer okay um and they kind of they they play with it very little at the end um with specific cutscenes, um, which I don't, I really don't want to go into spoilers for because those are just re- like those scenes. I think were really special for those that are uh, returning players, so or people that at least know about Cloud's background and things like that. So, um, but yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think I think it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I will say coming coming away from it. And thinking about the entirety of the of the experience, I'm I'm still torn about whether I feel like it was um, as good from a story perspective that people kind of have you know attached themselves to that 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 part of the game being what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I I am much happier that I got a chance to actually um, experience it and go through it. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 the parts of the game that everyone always talks about, you know, when you go to, uh, I forgot the name of the city, the the name of the, the, the little carnival town part. I forgot what you call it. Oh, uh, gold saucer. Not gold saucer. What it, it's, um, uh, when you first go to go meet, um, before the, the 
changing of clothes scene and all that stuff. That section. Of oh, the wall market. Wall market. Wall market. Like I, I loved that part of the the thing. I didn't really like the side quest stuff. Like I didn't really care so, for the like um the way they did the questing parts of the game. Yeah, the, I've been I've been hearing that um I've been hearing that a lot, and yeah. I think as a returning player, I think. I really like the side quests because it expanded just on the like I don't want to say culture, but like just learning, meeting more people in that environment and you know what they do, how they live. It just made the world feel more alive. Mm. And like I know that like people just have so like really high expectations for side quests now, uh after the witcher three specifically um but those type of side quests don't work for this game like that's yeah. not that, you know and i think that these are the type of side quests while yeah oh kill this thing grab this thing like yes that is fair but you know those characters return like a lot of those characters mm. are characters that you interact with even outside of that side quest or like you go back to them for you know, some sort of reason later on in the game. Um, and, you know, they know who you are and you're you're having new conversations with them and things like that that I think that um, make the side quests rewarding in that sense. Like, where, like, they still feel like a new character in this world, not just like, oh, you're just some NPC that I... Sh- I'm. What do you want me to do? Like, okay, right, sure. Right, right, right. One last thing... Know, that- Go ahead. Marl, it's, it's Weimer. That's Chadley. Like, I know who these characters are, and I know what they do, and I know their roles in this world. It's not just some random person that I'm ask, that's asking me to do something for them. Yeah, yeah. One last thing before we transition to the last part of the, <clears throat> last part of the show. Um, we have one new story that I wanted to dig into, but um, not before I wanted to talk about the main baddie within Final right. Fantasy VII. So he is again like a beloved villain as well, right? And people love I've seen tattoos on people's asses. I've seen so many different things that have Sethroth stuff in it. He gets mentioned in other games. He's mentioned in other parts of gaming culture as this other part of the thing. I feel like they gave him no do in that game. They made him like the ghost in the room that's not scary, which I thought was like so weird. I thought that was weird. I was like, he's this dude that's tormenting Cloud throughout the whole game. The whole game. He's tormenting this dude, going through those processes, like changing form, doing all this cool stuff. And then it it feels like nothing really happens with that character. Like the the the, the battle that you have is the battle you have, mm-hmm. but it never felt like I and and mate and I don't know. It wasn't even because of the like mode that I was on, like the difficulty level. It just felt like that character was there as this potential thing that could be really dope and really scary. And I think about the as a as a analog, and it's not a direct one, but it's like I thought. I think of the last character who was supposed to be an asshole, uh, who was a villain, and you really hated him. And I think about the character that Troy Baker played in Death Stranding, right? Where 
finished that. I haven't finished that game yet. Okay, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Right. You know what the fight is or whatever. Any of those things. But mm-hmm. throughout that game, whenever that character comes into the scene and comes onto frame, he's a dick. Like you hate him. You're like I. I. I am scared of you because I don't understand how much power you wield. But also. I really want you to die. Like I want, I want to be the one who thrusts the sword through your chest to take you out of this place. And it never yeah, felt so- like that was between Sephiroth and, and cloud in that way at all. And I was like, what is happening here? Why? Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, no. Yeah. So Sephiroth isn't supposed to be like that kind of villain, in my opinion. Uh, hmm. He's supposed to. So like, I actually wrote an article today about like why they introduced. So if you didn't know Sephiroth, the first time you like the party, literally like in present time sees sephiroth mm-hmm. is like two-thirds of the way through the original game interesting like okay. there, are, there are flashbacks and there are like things where you see like you know you're you know sephiroth is there but the first time like that he is there with the entire party it is it is like two-thirds of the way through the game um during a very very well-known and pivotal moment um for the story which i'm not gonna say mm-hmm. um and then even then that's not actually sephiroth like it's just it's um it's him but it's not him is the best way to say it um <laughs> not, not the same way they do it in final fantasy 7 remake but um he is oh man he is a i can't i can't explain why because it's fine it if you would, can't because it, if it's, if it's a spoiler that you don't want to spoil it's fine he's scary because you you do not know how much power he has he has a he has you could say limitless power you could say that okay. um uh to a certain degree and he is supposed to just be this psychological like threat throughout the entire game where you're just kind of like you don't know what to expect from him you don't know what when to expect him you don't know when like you don't know like what his motivations are until you know very later on in 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 the original and the uh i actually wrote an article today where um the producer who was the director of the original said that the reason why he decided to keep sephiroth like out of the game or like you know out of being actually present for so long in the original be- was a lot of motivation from jaws i did and how okay. he did- you just wanted people to be like on edge the entire time but this time around with especially with new players it's just like well that doesn't work anymore we can't right, do that right so now we have to introduce him in a way that makes sense for the remake and um and make it so for both old and new players to to be interested in this villain and have questions about this villain because throughout the entire game, like you, you kind of know like what he's trying to figure out, like his motivations for himself are, but not what his motivations are for like winning for being the villain. If that makes sense. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, And yeah. And again, like it's, it's very much teased in, in remake, but it's just not there. It's like you know you're being fed crumbs and you want you want the sandwich. I feel cheated. That's, yeah, it, I feel it's one cheated. of those things like. Yeah, it's one of those things like, well, welcome to JRPGs. That's all I can oh. really say. JRPGs are like meant for 
teasing and huge payoff. That's why JRPGs are so good. This is the this it's, is the anti-selling of Khalif on JRPGs right now. I know, I know. Like, <laughs> like why I love Kingdom Hearts so much because like, um, you know, each game it's it's a Tetsuya Nomura thing. It's it's mm. a Tetsuya Nomura thing. It's also it's very Kojima. It's very Kojima where <laughs> it's just like they they tease you on what is to come and you know like kojima doesn't in like their same in the same game and then when you get that revelation you're just like oh my god this makes me rethink about the game the game in entirely new light Mm. and then you want to play the game again (laughs) and then see it in that new light and and see you know how he structured it and how he pictured this storytelling aspect to go and what but with like namora uh he is very much let's set this up in this game and then let's get the payoff in this game. And it, it's something that like, you kind of just have to suck up. Oh, hate as, it. As a huge kingdom hearts fan, I can tell you at least like, at least um, to a certain extent when the story, when you got like all these questions and then the next game, they answer like almost all of them Yeah, that you're looking it's just like yes this was incredible and then they still are willing they still have new questions that they that they put up for you to be brought up in the next game and it's just at this point knowing how the original was structured Mm -hmm. i think this is going to be a three part game project i think it's going to be three parts oh no um but i think the second game, you're going to get a lot. You're going to get like all, all the stuff that you're asking about and you're wondering is going to be in that game. See, but that's all oh, that kills me because that's like, I, I, know, I know. And it's the reason Jared. why, and it's the reason, because I, I said this on Twitter before I started, but like when I was like maybe six hours into the game and I was like, you know, are each Final Fantasy games, they're like, you know, enclosed kind of ecosystem in terms of, you know, the story that they're trying to drop on you. And the consensus was, was like, yeah, each game is very different. They don't necessarily have connective tissue. They're in the same universe, but they don't necessarily have the connective tissue that you would think of from like a game that goes into a sequel that goes into the next sequel where you kind of keep the, the, the train of thought going. And that, that, that to me bothers me that that feels like the, Mar- the Marvel, uh, fiction of shit where they leave you on a cliffhanger, cliffhanger and then you're just like hey but you gotta spend another 60 bucks to have the rest of the story I hate that do you not do you not feel like it's still like a... no okay like so you know that there's more coming you know that this sure. is a story that continues on but did did the this game not feel like a complete story for you for like what it was doing in that one game that's the reason why I was so mad about the, the story parts where I was like if if I if I never play another Final Fantasy game after this, mm-hmm. the that's the reason why I was annoyed by the like not sharing the parts that give you the sure. the motivations for why people are doing what they're doing. I think that's the reason why that was troublesome to me. Was like it would be different if you were to like initially say, okay, fine, it's going to be this game, and then you have these other games that are going to be coming from it, coming after it that we know are going to be there. Maybe I missed that part of the the info dump about the game coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I get what you're saying and I'm just trying to kind of going to compare it to like other final fantasies, but like 
you knew going into this game that it was going to be in numerous parts, at least more than one part. So sure. like, you, you gotta kind of expect that. You know, you gotta kind of know what you're what you're getting into. But that being said, like, you know, like Final Fantasy thirteen mm-hmm. is in a is a trilogy. There's three games, right? But each one is like completely its own thing. Like, you have like the party members that you have in the first game are completely different to the second game. And then in the third game, you're like only just one character basically. So those feel like three, they're technically sequels, but they do feel like three completely different stories in its completion. Gotcha. While this one is like, okay, you got the same party going down the line and you got, you know, you got new party members that like there, you got four more party members to join this, this crew that you have right here Mm. you know um as you as you continue on Mm -hmm. and i and i think it's just because like like i i totally get it i totally get it but i promise you like you know five six hopefully some payoff down the line hopefully hopefully not that long but like hopefully you know four or five years down the line when the final part comes out and we finish it you know we both finish it we can come back and be like that was worth it that was 100% worth the I'm investment. Because I promise you, like, coming from some, like, the story, we don't know what the story is going to be moving forward, uh, you know, without going into spoilers about that. But, you know, I think a lot of the major moments that people care about will still be there. Okay. So, that being said, like, you know, the things I'm telling you, like, you just got to wait. I think those moments are still going to be there. Okay. So I hope that, you know, you know, once each part comes out and be like, so what do you think now? Like, are you more into it now? And we'll, then- we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll definitely, of course, because I, I always want you to come back and, and hang out with me on the show. We'll, re- we'll revisit that part of the conversation when that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and, but I will, I will, I will say that's, that's, that's a little rough. I can't front. That's a little rough. I'm, I'm going to be like, and then I'm going to be mad at you if it doesn't come out. For, like, if the stuff doesn't come out, I'll be like, Cam, I'm mad at you. But it's okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if, we, if, we get the, if we get the Kingdom Hearts, uh, like, you know, play playthroughs play going. Yeah. And, and if you get to a certain game where I'm going to be like, this is the game where you're going to get all the satisfaction that I've been telling you about. Kind of like Final Fantasy VII Remake. And you don't. Then I'm going to be like, dude, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it as we get to. <laughs> Part two is not going to satisfy you because I'm telling you, Kingdom Hearts, like it, you know, people are like, oh, it's convoluted, or which is not true. If you just play the games, you know the story. Um, but when you get to that satisfaction, like it is some of the most satisfying storytelling that I've experienced in games. Like, okay. so I don't know. All right. I, I, but, I, but, but before we, because we're going to transition over to our, our yeah, last yeah, yeah. news segment of, of the show. The, no, no. I mean, it's I'm I'm happy because like I have someone in you that in, in other folks in the internet who who like love the story and who like understand it and have have done the work of going through the original and understand the lore and they can check me on it and be like you're missing stuff because you didn't get a chance to play that other thing. Doesn't mean I'm gonna go back and play that older version. Hell no, that shit was terrible. But no, no okay. But, but like, I mean I- the the random <laughs> encounter thing. I don't care who you are that thing is terrible i don't care it's bad sure sure sure, sure. kingdom hearts doesn't have random encounters you don't have to worry about that no well, yeah. i mean not in the same way as final fantasy yeah 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 exactly exactly totally 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 You're good. You're totally, good. totally thank you for breaking that down with me i appreciate the hell out of you for being able to do that with me oh, of course i um, love talking about because i was like yes we are we are definitely spoiler free now lev in the in the chat i see you 
Um, the last story uh, or the story of this week that I wanted to dig into really quickly. If you are on Twitter and you are on social media, um, we heard today that uh, Kotaku's or formerly Kotaku's Jason Schreier is no longer going to be working at Kotaku. He has found a new gig somewhere. We don't know exactly where yet. Um, those details didn't get shared. Um, it was a fantastic uh, post on a uh, fantastic article on the Washington Post done by my man, my mellow Gene Park, um, who uh, have you had a chance to meet Gene yet, Cam? Mm-mm. I hope you no. get a chance to meet him. He's fucking fantastic. He's a fantastic human being. Um, but I'm curious because we're both writers in this space. We're both we're both covering the gaming space in a long time. I'm sure that you're yeah. familiar with Jason's work as, as well as I am. What are your thoughts about like this is a, this is kind of a huge deal in terms of the gaming space in terms of the the press parts of it. What are your thoughts about Jason leaving Kotaku? Dude, it's wild. Like it's one of those things. Like I don't want to like n- you know nothing against Kotaku as a publication or anything, but I feel like a lot of people went to Kotaku specifically for Jason. Yeah, and now that it's gone, I'm kind of worried about Kotaku. Like I don't think they're like gonna like go down or anything like that. But I I just feel like. I don't know. I just, I feel like he is like the sole face of that site. And I know that there are other great writers there. Like I'm, I'm not in any way, um, bagging on Kotaku. Sure. Um, but I don't know, dude, like he just, he just has such a unique, he just does so much unique work yeah. that like, I don't know if it's, and I don't know if it's something that like no one else is willing to put in the work that he puts in for what he does or if people are like just intimidated by that kind of work yeah. that like that he's willing that you know Jason's willing to you know put everything on the line to get the real news out you yeah. know like with uh you know a lot about crunch culture and things like that that I don't know like um you know it, it's a you know I, I hope the best for him and I think I, I I have theories as to where he's going. I actually you want, so, you want to speculate? We can speculate. Yeah. So I think he's I think he's going to the New York Times. I did see that article that he posted in that in that op ed on the New York Times too. Or was he's it op ed? He's done numerous uh yeah, I think so. He's done numerous stuff for New York Times. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I think and one, he's moving his you know, he's doing his uh, po- with his podcast buddies. He's going to a completely like third party network. He's yep. not like bringing, you know, he's not like um, going to a new outlet and then doing that, you know, the same panel at that outlet. You know, he's he's doing it somewhere third party. So I feel like it's, he's going somewhere that isn't specifically video game focused. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's going to the New York Times. I wonder. He I- also said he. Because he also said he's not moving. He didn't say anything about moving. Yeah, that's and true. And I don't really know what other big outlets in New York are there. Because like it for, doesn't make for sense video- for him to go to Polygon because they're not doing that kind of work. Um, all the other kind of major big... Uh, and, and again, it kind of goes like to his caliber of work. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think that... You're probably right. Like, I, you know, I will be the first one to tweet you and be like, yo, Cam said it first. On spawn of me, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a good that's a that's a good pick. If if there was one to say like he's probably going to go here, that's probably really good. I mean, interestingly enough, like I am kind of with you on the you know where does Kotaku go 
from here space because to a certain extent again like this isn't to bag on any of the writers there i love all the folks who i love from there i love gita i love paul i love uh uh heather i love all the folks who are there they do fantastic work but i think of folks like patrick klepek when they left the outlets that they were at doing the similar work because i think of you know, when it comes to like investigative journalism in the gaming space, there are really two people who I think of who are like always killing it. And it's Klepek and it's, and it's Jason Schreier. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember the timber and tone of, you know, when Pat left uh giant bomb, when he wasn't really doing super hard pieces there, but he was starting to do some of those things when he was kind of in the one up space in that, in that vein. And then yeah. when he started and he jumped over advice, that's when he got really back into it hard, hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, who picks up the ball with that. And if they have the energy and the kind of vigor to do it in the same ways that, that Jason did, because the beauty of what Jason was, was he was kind of feared in the gaming industry in that way, because he would, yeah. he would tell the story that, you know, people wouldn't necessarily want to tell. And he would dig deep and go into, to, you know, find the people who really wanted to tell that story and share it. Um, mm -hmm. and, it and it was always, when, when a new Jason joint came out, the whole gaming industry was like, okay, something's going down. Like, you, oh, yeah, you know, a school, you know, something's real for real when Jason's doing the story on it. So, like, yeah, last year when, when everything with Anthem came out, mm -hmm. like, that's what, that's all what, <laughs> everyone was talking about that. that that was it that yeah. was just like that's a story for like this week yeah. because yeah. it was just so in depth and there was so much um you know insider scoop and like everything uh when he uh brought up recently everything that's happening with the last of us and the crunch culture there like yeah his, his article like honestly can made me consider like not buying the game i was just like man i really don't like what naughty dog's doing over there mm. and uh you know, and like with everything that happened when uh, with Red Dead Two and Rockstar's culture, and like now it's just like they've they've they you know we've seen them. We know that they've been bettering that culture there. Like they're like they hired all the temporary contract people to full time positions and things like that. It's just like yes, like this makes me like you know want to continue to support Rockstar and what they do, even though like they make insane amount of money regardless right but like you know even like even still like with the last of us part two with the news that he brought out i was just like hmm i don't you know because i'm not a i wasn't a big fan of that game anyway but the original the first one but sure. like it's highly anticipated and i'm just like and i know that it's gonna be a very well-made game i part of me was just like man i don't know if i want to buy this game now because of how they're treating their employees or no. the type of mentality that they have there yeah I would say, oh, yeah. you know, Jason continues to be, you know, whether he stays and who knows, like with this new change of format and this new change of, uh, you know, venue, so to speak, for him to be writing at, who knows, maybe the podcast is where he does his actual gaming stuff. And maybe he doesn't even do gaming stuff anymore when he goes to wherever he may be going. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't I think feel so? like he's. No, he still have to, he's still going to do the investigative journalism stuff. I just I'm, I'm saying he may be doing it, but maybe just not in gaming though. Maybe in a gaming vein. Because think about it: if you go to New York Times, which is not really known for doing lots of gaming coverage, 
I mean, I mean, he would he would legitimize their gaming coverage in a way that no one else could. But I think I, from what I hear from most people in the industry who have been doing this for a very long time, everybody's tired. <laughs> everybody's beat down. Everybody's like, yo, this shit doesn't pay enough. This doesn't do enough for me uh, to a certain extent, at least the vets that I know who have been in the game for a long time. Like there's a lot of people who are just like, if I could do something else and get paid as much as I'm doing it or get paid better, I would probably do it. So we'll see. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where that lands. That's fair. But like, if he gets a job at the New York Times, like he's getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I feel like, you know, just his resume and his, you know, uh, features that he's gotten on that site for gaming and things like that. Like, I don't know. I feel like the New York Times is where he's going to be. Yeah. Because I don't think there's anywhere else that he could go yeah ah. where that isn't like a an upgrade you know what i mean i mean the only way that, that he can make more money at this point is if you made an only fans account but that's a whole nother show um, <laughs> uh we're about to get up out of here uh we have run a little bit longer than i expected but because the conversation was so damn good and cam that's because of you being as awesome as you are um cam thank you thank you so much for for coming through and rocking man like again um, I say this all the time when people uh, are like, who are folks that you want to see, you know, grow in the space? And you are definitely one of those folks. And then you continue to put out fantastic work. And you continue to put out dope stuff. Um, and uh, I want to thank you again for, for coming on and, and rock with me, even with all the technical difficulties and everything that we've had in the past uh, couple of hours. So I appreciate you uh, a lot, fam. Yeah, no. Uh, and I want to say like, thank you, man. Cause uh, I, 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 like, I can't, I can't tell you like how much uh, that you honestly, mean to me uh and like seeing you on kind of funny games daily i was just like oh cool we got a black guy person <laughs> we got a black person in the video game space on this show finally and you know and when i went to e3 like we only like talked over internet and you know you opened up your arms to me like wholeheartedly and you're just what you see here is exactly who khalif is in person like one of the kindest people i've ever met like I look up to you uh, profoundly and uh, man, like I really hope that this platform really can like continues to grow and take off like, cause you deserve every ounce of it. And I just appreciate you and I love you, man. I love you too, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words. I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Cause I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> to make things dope and I'm trying to continue to make things move and, and, uh, um, having kind words shared about about you like that is, is is always wonderful and does me some good because it has been a rough month. So I needed that. Um, tell everybody where they can find your work. Tell everybody where they can find more stuff about what you're doing. And then uh, we'll get up out of here. Yeah. So uh, you can find me at DualShockers.com. Uh, we have a great staff of writers uh, that are just passionate and want to grow in the space just like me. Uh, so please show some love to them. You can follow us, uh, you know, dualshockers.com, uh, at dualshockers on Twitter. You can follow me specifically at the cinephile guy, as you can see right down here or right down here, <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, I also stream twitch.tv slash the cinephile guy. I currently have been playing through like metal gear solid series for the first time. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on metal. Uh, I'm starting up Metal Gear Solid Three next. Oh God, and, I love uh, that game so much. 
Yeah, I've heard great things. So, and you know, so basically my streams normally go through playing through franchises that I haven't played before or want to replay, you know, just whatever I want to do. They're, they're really chill streams, you know? Um, so if you want to give me a follow there, uh, or a subscription, you know, appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Word, word, word. Uh, before we get up out of here again, I want to thank everybody at home for rocking uh, this week and every week with the show. It's been a little bit difficult to get some content out because there's just been lots of stuff going on. Um, I've been very, very busy with work and it's been difficult to kind of get into this room uh, to be able to, to, to nail things down and get things done. So I want to thank you all for your patience and all for, for rocking and, and hanging out with us this week and every week. Expect this to go up on Tuesday. We'll have more cool stuff uh, in the, the next coming days. Uh, again, uh, we've had some folks uh, follow us here on Twitch. Uh, please keep continuing to do that. If you have a Twitch Prime sub, please share it with us because we, we would love to have it. Um, and also, if you're rocking with our Patreon stuff, again, we are have suspended it uh, for a couple of months uh, until coronavirus kind of dies down a bit until we have flattened that curve. And, and are able to um, uh, get folks back into a better financial state. It's going to be a long ride for all of us out here. Um, but I want you all to know that I'm appreciative of, we've had some folks, you know, donate uh, or, or jump onto the Patreon uh, in the past couple of days as well with no content coming out because it's just been so busy. Um, so, you know, thank you again to everybody for doing that as well. Um, we'll see you next week. Uh, I'm working on some cool stuff. We're hoping that it's going to come out soon um, and you'll be the first folks to hear it here in Burkago. So from now until then, we'll see you next week and we say peace.